Well, hello, 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 little goblin people, and welcome back to uh, Your Take is Excrement. This is season three, season P. That's yeah. right. Okay, I think Eric Andre made that joke, so I can't oh, make that joke. Yeah. Um, sorry, Eric. One. I stole that to, joke from we're you. We're going to have to go kill Eric. We're going to have to kill Eric. Well, we got to come up with a different theme. Um, I think what we came up with was season three... Uh, do you remember? Yeah, it's see, the the subversion season. Subversion season. Season subversion. The season of sub subversion. We're gonna. That's right. We're, we're gonna, gonna take all of your little expectations of what you think this podcast is gonna be, and we're gonna flip them right on their head. Yeah. And we're gonna think we're really clever for doing that. Yeah. Well, no. So we're just gonna be covering movies that are that are subversive. Um, because so like season one was kind of like the good shit. You yeah. Know, season two is the bad shit. So this. Now we're going to be focusing on movies that are counter to like, narratives. They're, they're, what they're, they're counter narrative. Um, so, like, let me put it like this: um, the movie we're discussing today is *Wet Hot American Summer*, which is really funny because it's not a horror movie and it's not that edgy or subversive. But I think it's it, pretty it, edgy. It super is. Um, well, so. Um, yeah, that's the movie we're covering today, and but it is just cult enough to be covered. <laughs> it is. Um, so uh, the reason we're covering that is just sort of like I think we talked about this somewhat on the last episode with Kevin Smith, where it's like you know there are there are people that whether you like it or not are influencing culture. Mm-hmm. So you can say I don't like Kevin Smith's movies, but Kevin Smith is comedy movies to a large extent. Yeah. Like his behavior has become ingrained in it. So like if you go to make a comedy, you're probably going to make something cat a corner to a Kevin Smith movie unless you intentionally go into it trying to undo that exact harm. Yeah. Um so the reason Wet Hot American Summer is amazing and great is because it is a comedy movie that reinvents comedy for you and makes it better. Right. Well, and it's and it's it's just a good movie. Like Right. It's just it's it's actually funny and not just like supposed to be funny. Yeah. Well, um so uh with that uh, let's hit him with the, with the ads. Oh, huh? yes. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, Machine Age Productions and the RPG Hashtag I Hunt, hey, the y'all. YouTube show Blood Thing, hey. and the Etsy store Ambient Gym Studio. That's we're gonna, right. We're going to do a, a longer ad break in the middle of the show, but uh, go on and go on and check them out. Uh, we'd also like to point you to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash excrement. Yes. Um, um, and with that, real briefly, before we continue, I do really want to uh, give a little two two little shouts before we get too started. Uh, shout number one is that we are finally leaving Texas this week. Um, finally, we are Hooray. we are out on the first, and thank God for that. So, um, for any of you at home wondering. Is a move to Texas a good, smart idea? <laughs> because I did just talk to somebody about this. The answer is unfortunately no. Don't move here. Don't move here. Well, I read, I read, I read an article that was like forty percent of the Texas <laughs> workforce makes under fifteen an hour. Fucking. It's like. And you want to move here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Um. So we are leaving. And we are super stoked about it. And uh, it was super costly. Uh, it still is costly. And uh, any help there would be appreciated, which brings me to uh, part two. 
merch stuff. Um, so for your take as excrement, we don't yet have any merch. We've been talking about the potential of having like a t-shirt or like a, a coaster or something cute, you know, uh, just to support the podcast. Um, but we haven't done that yet. Um, however, I did, after a month of <clears throat> waiting, receive my fully uh, finished book that I wrote, my fiction book, uh, in a hundred quantity uh, at my house. So the thing I'm gonna say about it is, I'm moving. I'm I'm about to land there, and I got a book to sell you. Please buy it so that I may have a happy, healthy, and successful life in Colorado. Uh, and also, I like to think. It's pretty good. I wrote it myself. Yep. And after that, uh, wet hot? Wet hot. It's so wet and hot. And American. And American. And in the summer. So tell the good people of Europe what the fuck wet hot American summer is because, like, they're not going to know. So, so it's a movie about a summer camp. What's that? What's a summer camp? It's where parents uh, send abandon their, abandon their kids for a week uh, in the summer, so that they can run and jump and be so, left at the behest of adults that uh, are probably not suited to take care of them. No, well, adults are stretching it. They're all my camp counselors were like seventeen. Well, that's the that's the initial immediate bit of the movie is that the whole cast of the movie is like mid thirties, <laughs> like you know, uh, long since cut their teeth comedians who have been around and have like uh, they're seasoned. Many of them are on SNL now. Yeah, um, but they're pretending to be seventeen year olds. They're pretending to be like fifteen or yeah. something like that, which is fucking hysterical when they're not that age. Well, because. So all of the kids are actually like 13 mm-hmm. and they're like, we're 15 and they're all like obviously adults. Yeah. Well, there's like a scene in the TV show. So they made a TV show where like a girl, like a 13 year old goes into the bathroom and has like her first period. And she, then comes, she comes out, out as, as an, an adult. As an adult. Yeah. Well, and, and they do swap this whole adults or children, children or adults thing quite a bit. Um, in, given that there's this scene where uh, one woman is going through a divorce and it's like really hard on her and the movie does just stop dead to not make a joke about it but to dramatize this little boy like giving her the most amazing advice about yeah, how to get over like, the loss. He's like giving her a back rub and like walking her through her divorce. Yeah so well I'm gonna let you keep going but before we continue the thing I, I want to say about it I think is that you know how we've been talking about how, like, Eli Roth, right? It's like mean-spirited horror. And yeah. you can do horror. You can even make it mean. But mean-spirited? Yeah. It's a little bit cruel. Um, and I don't love it. Well, and like Kevin Smith, all of his comedies are just, like, yeah, very... Yeah, cruel. cruel. It's cruelty. And and the reason that Kevin Smith's jokes are cruelty is because he ex- he has experienced a lot of cruelty in his life, and that's just what he thinks jokes are. Yeah. And that's not what jokes are. Well, if you ever, like... Sorry to rant more about Kevin Smith, but we watched the whole ass like talk he gave in front of the university. Oh my god! Whenever... It, okay, for context, it's called an evening with Kevin Smith. He's got like three of them. Yeah. Well, so aside from like making like outing outing someone uh, as a lesbian asking, as a lesbian, and then making fun of her, 
for being a lesbian. Uh, he also every time his friend is on, uh, Jason, he just relentlessly mocks him. Well, and, and doesn't let him respond. Well, and, and I'm gonna say it like this, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that are gonna be like, "No, that's not it." But uh, at least in this period of his career, the deal is this: I have absolutely had friends that felt bad about themselves for whatever reason and they constantly felt the need to push me down to make themselves feel better yeah and like if anybody around him would realize that that's what he was doing they probably would not hang out with him anymore and they would realize that he's kind of a bully yeah but uh they don't anyway anyway so so the point with the evening thing is that you know even in his personal life he's a Kind of a fucking bully. For yeah. No reason. Yeah. Um. And Wet Hot American Summer is the antithesis of that. It is an anti-bullying film. Yes. It's it's a movie about how ultimately everyone in the movie like cares about each other. Yeah. Um. We'll talk more about that later. But uh, I just had to get, get that Kevin Smith rant out. out and early thank you on. for doing so. Um. No. Because we we kept on just watching Kevin Smith movies. We didn't yeah. stop, and that no. was a mistake. No, I mean, and we did we did find our way into the horror stuff, but it was so unfruitful that we just kind of so bad. stopped. Anyway, um, so what Hot American Summer? Uh, there's summer camp. All these adult comedians play the counselors, um, and the movie is just about all of their like escapades. Um, so it's kind of making fun of like like summer camp movies, um, and like uh coming of age movies. Um, so there's just like. The movie is just comprised of like a bunch of side plots mm-hmm. that that all just like loosely congeal together to form a narrative. Yeah. But the movie's not about the narrative; it's about like all these subplots. So like one of them is uh, like two counselors are gay, and the wind is just destroying just our howling. state. Like, like literally right outside, <laughs> we just heard a light pole go down yeah. because of the wind outside. So yeah, again, watching, don't like, move to Texas. I'm watching like a literally a tree just fall to pieces in front of me. Not a tornado warning, not a tornado, just normal wind. Yeah. Um, anyway, we fucking hate it here. Let me tell anyway, you. Anyway. Um, so like there, there's a plot where two of the counselors are like gay. And so they have this whole subplot where they like secretly get married in the woods. Yes. Um, and that like, is Bradley Cooper and Michael Ian Black, oh, by yeah. the way. Um, Ooh, boy. There's, there's another subplot where there's this like just super antisocial uh, um, like a science teacher and he's teaching kids science experiments and they find out that a piece of the ISS is going to land on the camp. Um, oh, yeah. There's one where uh, there's a dude like two counselors take all these kids uh rafting but um abandon them but abandon them because one of the counselors wants to have sex yes um Um, but but here's the thing with that right is every time we describe one of these bits i feel like it's either gonna be one of two categories it's gonna be too strange for you to imagine without having actually physically seen it and b uh exactly a scene that you've seen in a shittier movie and you'll imagine that they're doing it in the same shitty way no. but the thing is with the kids in the boat is they it's not like they play around with this they fucking abandoned the kids yeah and they are abandoning them for sex like <laughs> bar none well well but the whole thing is is he then immediately crashes the car so he's having to like like run back well, to and the then camp he, he has this like whole 15 minute chase scene 
Yeah. Which is one of the moments where I can't describe it to you. You'd have to see it because there is a moment where they're running down this very, very, very big, wide street. Like two-lane street. And there's a hay bale. Like, but and no, they no, no, cannot no, no, figure no. out what not, the fuck to do about that. A hay bale, like, like, like when I say hay bale, I bet you're envisioning the big round ones. It's one of those, like, small, like... That you sit uh, on. Yeah, like cubes. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like four foot by two foot, you know, by, by like four foot, you know, it's like, yeah. And so the guy little, who's got to like, have sex is like, ah, oh, dang, I got to have sex. I got to jump over this. And he jumps over it. But then the guy with the motorcycle that's chasing him is like, ah, oh, damn it. So and it's I not can't even get him. Cause there's a hay bale. It's in not the even way. taking up half the road. No, and he could this... easily get in there and do it. <laughs> but so the guy's running, he's like running. He's like, he's like, he's like running in place trying to figure out how to get over it. Right. As if it's like an actual obstacle. Um, anyway, there's a, there's a subplot where all the counselors go into town and like, oh, they, they start to have fun and, but then having fun is they get like strung on heroin first, but then it's like, it, it cuts and it's like, it's like, wow, that was a great 30 minute break. And they, yeah. So they like to a montage, go downtown, start with weed, move up to Coke, rob some old people hooked on heroin. And then they're junkies in a crack house. And then uh, they're back to camp, and they're like, we had the best time in town. We had the best 30 minutes. And look, like, explaining a joke is not funny. You're right. Um, If you're staying at home, I'm not laughing uh, at this because this is a comedy film, and you're just telling me what happens in it. Um, Yes, but it it is um, a good comedy film. Yeah. Um, So what are some of the other subplots? Well, the, did we we talked about the ISS. We talked about the camp director wanting to bone the science oh, guy, yeah. right? Yeah, the camp director also just wants to really bone the science guy. Um, and he said no. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like to talk to girls. Yeah, you know. Um, all right. Where are the uh, indoor kids? Gene, the lunch man. Oh yeah, yeah. the The lunch man is is like just like absolutely insane, um, and is just constantly braiding this other lunch guy. But then after he braids him, he's like, "I'm gonna go beat my dick." And the guy's like, "What?" He says, "Uh, I didn't say that. What are you talking about?" And then you find out that he's been like, he's been guided by a can of beans who's been who's sucking John his own H- dick. Yeah, who's John H. Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> all right um i've been i sorry I've, I've had that bullet in the chamber for like the last five minutes of the podcast for sure <laughs> um yeah so well like the the big thing that we need to just go ahead and just dive right into it because like explaining this is not so it's the summer camp movie guys yeah you've seen this movie i don't need to explain this to you you have seen the summer camp movie but Every other summer camp movie is either bad or disgusting. Well, and this one is both bad and disgusting, but it does it intentionally, winking at the fact that what it's doing is bad and disgusting, but ultimately, its deep down point is good. Well, and ultimately, it's wholesome. Like, yeah. Like, at the end of the day. Well, so oh, the wait. gay subplot, right? Well, well real yeah. quick. One of the subplots I forgot is is there's there's a camp counselor who's supposed to be watching kids swim. And all he wants to do is make out with the girl. So he keeps on like letting kids drown on his watch. Yeah. And then he has to he has to kill the witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um well yeah, and so it's just like, yeah, it's the summer camp movie, but they take it so fucking far. Like they take every single Kevin Smith is esque joke 
so fucking far. Like, well, uh, my favorite bit in reference to that is, like, uh, the opening scene of Wet Hot, the show on Netflix, has uh, one of the actors, like, he, he starts off jokingly humping this guy's ear, and then by the end of the scene, it's been, like, two minutes, he will not stop. Yeah. And it's aggressive. And so it's like, you know, everybody's seen a comedy movie where some guy's like, my dick, and he, like, gets it up in somebody's face, and they're like, ew, get your dick away from me. I'm not gay. It's that, only they push it so fucking far like that it's literally, like, torture, like, sexual assaults, and you're like, this is wrong. And it's hilarious. Well, because finally, right? Somebody's just openly willing to admit that the joke they keep telling me is actually really fucked up. Yeah. Like, it's finally the truth. Yeah. That's that's basically wet hot, in my mind. It's, it's a comedy film that's finally telling me it's, the truth. Well, it's making fun of the tropes by being in that trope and, and helping you realize how, like, like how exactly the tropes are fucked up. Right. And dumb. Well, and the, the things it chooses to make jokes about are very, like, normal life things. Like, you know, uh, kids feeling displaced and, like, um, uh, romance being awkward at a certain period of your time, of your life. Yeah. And oh. sex being a priority, even though it doesn't need to be. Um, the, the, the last subplot, I think, that we've forgotten is there's a, there's a kid who's, uh, the enti- he's like narrating the entire oh right the entire movie yes um well he's narrating the, the like ah it was in the summer it was the last week you know you like know, everyone- he's the rate like he's the radio camp yeah guy uh, but then you and so he spends like the entire show in the radio room um like and he like has never taken a shower for like <laughs> for the entire like six weeks right um and then like <laughs> and he- also all of his equipment is unplugged yeah you see there, there's like a shot like near the end where you see like camera pans down and you see there's just all, all all the wires just hanging loose behind the equipment. Yeah. Well, and so then you got to ask yourself the question, well, if this isn't for the campers, then who's it for? And you go, oh, it's for me. It's kind of like how voiceover in movies is for me to explain to me what the movie's trying to say. Right. You know what I mean? So it's literally just like, what if we put the voice of like, the voice of the narrator into the body of an unshowered crazy child who doesn't understand that uh that this is not broadcasting well there's all these scenes where this counselor's like hey bud you know you know you, you really know, gotta noticed, get up you there really gotta, you gotta take a shower your parents are coming in a couple of days you know you're gonna really, have a big problem with that you're, you're, you have dirt everywhere you know you know you just gotta just take a shower right bud he's like all right i will and then it's like it's like 20 minutes later he's like hey bud take a shower yeah no, you didn't. You're still covered in dirt, dude. Like, you gotta go take a shower. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, um, like, the the way that I described this movie to Neo was I was like, okay, this movie is, like, not normal. No. Like, it's, it's not normal. It's kind of like uh, if you've ever seen Young Frankenstein, there's this moment in Young Frankenstein where he's grabbing, a, like, there's a row of brains and he could grab any of the brains to put in the Frankenstein body, but he accidentally fucks up the smart brain and grabs the abnormal brain. Mm-hmm. That's Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> Wet Hot American Summer is a summer camp movie with an abnormal brain. Well, it starts off normal, and then every 10 minutes, they just turn the like eldritch absurdity knob up one. Yeah. 
every so by, fucking second. By the end of the movie, it's just like the movie is like a broken video game where it's like like people are like we'll be like come on let's go and they'll run and it'll like run into a wall and then they'll stand there against the wall and then everyone will just like run run and, and then it'll just, just like cut to a different up. subplot yeah, so basically this wall. well yeah it so so like the first half of the movie it does all the setup like it's a normal movie and then it starts running the jokes into the ground like intentionally so heavily that it becomes like a completely different absurd animal and like the way i always like the way I think about this is there's the, the juxtaposed dual situation where um, the main character played by Paul oh Rudd. No. Paul Rudd is in the movie. No. Sure. Huh. Um, why can't I remember his name right now? I love him. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's Do a you? bastard. I don't know. Um, what is fucking Mike? Michael Showalter. Yeah. So, Michael Showalter is simultaneously on stage as an old guy who's like, back when I went to summer camps, we used to ride on dinosaurs. And he tells that same joke like a hundred <laughs> times. And meanwhile, oh, and also always gets a laugh. Yeah. Always gets a laugh. He's also in the audience. <laughs> right. Well, and so they can control sort of what they want to do with the audience. So they can show you like this amazing performance and then have everybody boo and then cut to a new scene. Yeah. And you have to figure out why that happened or, or what's even happening. It's yeah. just like the jokes at some point become the unpredictableness of the movie itself. It's almost like you're standing in front of a shotgun and you don't know if it's going to, if the buckshot is going to destroy you or not. <laughs> yeah. And every scene it's like, huh? uh, <laughs> so I'm staring down the barrel. <laughs> um, yeah, and well, and of course, I think we mentioned prior that everybody is in this. So you mentioned Paul Rudd. I said Michael Showalter. This is a David Wayne film. He's directed not a lot, mm. David Wayne. Um, although, I I think it's odd, perhaps, that David Wayne seems to have a very developed, like immediately developed sense for what he wants in his comedy. Mm -hmm. And, like, it comes across as comedy auteurism in the same way that, like, someone would throw, you know, comedy auteurism <coughs> at, like, Kevin Smith, right? But David Wayne is, like, super kind of humble about it and isn't he isn't in the movie. He isn't making a big deal about it. He didn't make himself the moral center. He didn't give himself the big main line or anything like that. He's just there. And they just make it funny. He is in the show, and he plays this like pretentious douchebag, and it's really funny. But uh, it, it's just this thing where where it starts off with this crazy nugget of let's do a summer camp movie, but everything is fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, and and if it's not insane, then it's just directed. Like there's the part where they're fucking gonna play ba like baseball with the uh, competing team, and Michael Showalter is like, okay, we've been training all season for this. You know, they're going to come in here, you know, they're going to be tougher and we're going to lose, but we're still going to maintain our spirits. And this is going to be a big team building exercise for us to, to really grow as a, as a people. Uh -huh. And, uh, the, the kids are like, yeah, that sounds trite. I've heard, I've seen that in a movie before. And Michael Showalter's like, you have? Mm -hmm. And he, he's like, yeah, we should not do that in this movie. Like literally this is dialogue. And he's like, we should not do that in this movie. And then Michael Showalter is talking to a child and is like, yes, correct. And then the school bus shows up with the competing kids. 
He walks over and is like, hello, um, you can just leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just get back and drive off. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like, like uh, the movie knows um, what you have seen before. Yeah. And it's tormenting you for knowing those things. Also, can we talk about the pot sound effect? There's not really much to say there. No, like the crashing? The constant pot sound effect? The constant pot crashing sound? Yeah, every like people are constantly throwing things off off screen and whenever they do, there's like the this, this really cheap like like, like pot stock crashing. sound effect, yeah. Um pretty good. Pretty good bit. I hated it at first, but then it grew on me. Really? Yeah, I thought it was really dumb. And then it's it like It takes a while. It takes well, because after- it looks like a different kind of movie than it yeah. is. And then like once you realize this movie is like an eldritch abomination, yeah, uh, and then it's just it's funny, right? And with that, let's do some ads. Ads. All right. Oh, Neo, I'm so tired. I I could just lay in bed all day and watch Blood Thing. What's what's Blood Thing about? Um, I I'm also tired and clinically in or chronically in well, it's bed. It's about a blood thing. I mean, we can just sort of lay around and just engage in the adventures of the blood thing. We don't even have to. You know what else? I I think that I hunt is like a thing you can just. It's like you don't need a console for that shit. You no. don't need a console. You can just sit on down, crack out your your I hunt manual and play the game. <laughs> you can you can collect a bunch of your friends in your bed. And you can all, while lounging in a comically oversized bed, uh, play play the cooperative tabletop RPG. Hashtag I hunt. Oh my god! And, and and you can hunt down monsters in the gig economy from the comfort of of, of your, your comically bed. oversized bed. <laughs> your comically oversized bed. And while you're lounging in bed, and you can look up on your on your barren walls. And wish that that they would be covered in the art from Ambient, Ambient Dream, Dream Studios. Studios. Thank you, Ambient Dream Studios. You're such a vibe. Y'all are such a vibe. Like, actually, genuinely, all our all our sponsors for the last couple seasons, they've just been a bunch of vibes. Like, good vibes, really too. cool. And well, and I, I also got to thank the the sponsors for not necessarily like having thick skin or something, but understanding that when we come on here and do an ad, we just happen to just be completely bullshitting uh, every single time. Unhinged. Just Unhinged. like wet hot American Hey, summer. are we supposed to be back? Oh, uh, all right. Patreon.com slash excrement. I, I think we're supposed, we're wanted back in the office. I got to get yeah. out of bed. So <clears throat> next, later. Yeah. Oh. That was and closing the door. And that was you dropping your Gatorade. Huh. Well. Here, let me go get another one. Jesus, one right there. Yeah. Yeah, grab yeah, that. So grab that shit. Grab that shit. I'm going to drink that shit. There you go. Thank you. Um, So we just watched Superbad. <laughs> Half of it. Uh, this is important to note that we just watched Superbad. Okay, so so the deal is we've been packing our apartment, which is not easy. Uh, in, in no time at all. Not easy. Um... And in order to do that, we've had to maintain our sanity. And in order to maintain our sanity, we've been watching nostalgic comedies. And that's sort of where this all started. So <coughs> today we watched Superbad. Yesterday we watched Dewey Cox. Uh, walk Hard. Dewey, Dewey Cox. Is it just Walk Hard? Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. And we watched Waiting. 
the yeah. Ryan Reynolds comedy vehicle. Um, <clears throat> and having seen all three of those films, what do you have to say about American comedy? Uh, well, I think that the problem with American comedy is it's just cruel. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. Like, I liked Waiting the best. <laughs> Even though that's like the. M- it's really fucked most up. Cruel one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Well, but it's just like. And that's, you know, and, and that's why Wet Hot American Summer fits the subversion bill because it's like. It's subversing, subverting the norm. And if Waiting is a good version of the norm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so kind, kind of the pinnacle scene like the best example of this scene is there's a scene where um the two like jay and silent bob analogs like the two asshole stoners Mm -hmm. like see people sneaking off into the woods and so they they follow them through the woods and then they 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 stumble upon the secret gay wedding between brad pitt and uh you mean bradley cooper brad bradley cooper that would have been fucking legendary bradley cooper and um michael ian black yeah um, and and so and they, and they look at each other and they're like, "What? They're fags? What do we do?" Oh, it's like, "What do we do?" Oh, bro, I know what we gotta do. And then and then like later, like in the later, like twenty scene, minutes later, they're like they're they're out, everyone's like having the camp dinner together, and these the two stoner dudes are like, "Hey, I heard you two got married." We brought you a, we brought you furniture and they like bring them in a couch. It's like it's like it's like oh, here's your thank wedding you. we present, haven't had guys. that yet. Oh my god, this is beautiful. Like yeah, and so they play it up like that, and you're like, huh, huh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, where it's like the expect you know it's like your the expectation is oh they're gonna go like relentlessly bully these 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 two dudes well yeah and then they're like no we we, we bought you a, we bought you a couch well and i guess the question becomes in my brain is like you know am i so conditioned for things to go wrong that whenever something goes kind of okay in a comedy movie i'm like hey yeah right well it's like in you don't and i hate that i sound like my parents here but you don't need to like constantly put people down no. to be funny well, and like I like I like blue humor. I like dark humor and yeah. sexual humor and I, like, stuff I, like I that. I do too. But but like there's a difference between that and like literally just like hate mongering. Yeah. And so it's like and calling it jokes. Yeah. We've all seen Adam Sandler, but why do we pretend that like these other comedy art auteur guys are like any better? Just less money? Is it less money? I guess we don't care what happens when it's less money. We don't care what they say, as long as it was cheap. I hate that. Yeah. This one's depressing. <laughs> I, I, I thought it wasn't going to be because Wet Hot American Summer isn't. Well, no, that's the lesson you learn, is that whenever you talk about a comedy, not funny. Whenever you talk about a horror movie, hilarious. Yeah. Um. Well, in, like, bad comedy, it's it's painful to watch somebody else not engage with bad comedy like it's kind of funny to watch somebody fail to enjoy a bad comedy but it's not super funny to just be like i love this movie here's the jokes yeah and that's i I don't know i guess in part part of wanting to do this movie was was at least i was wanting to do a movie where it was like 
a comedy movie that wasn't like like this like hyper intellectual hyper yeah like artsy th- movie that right. that we could just talk about it'd be an easy one yeah well, well i mean not even an easy one but just one that we could like that wasn't you know that that that, that, that wasn't we didn't have a to engage with our rant. yeah you know and it's like Damn, it's kind of easier when the when 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 uh when the movie sucks. That's the thing they don't tell you, but it is objectively true that um like um y- if you want to stop hating things, capitalism is not the great a great place to do that. Um it, it has a tendency, I think, to whenever you're like, "Hello, I saw a thing and it upset me." Uh people are almost always like, "Oh shit." But so so for the same token, right? We got a fuckload of attention on the kevin smith uh, yeah video which got by our, the way thanks we also got our first like unhinged rant so thanks bud yeah it's okay uh we're all sensitive but <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but uh but 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 we got a lot of attention on that because we had the take which is hi hey you know kevin the guy that everybody like what if him bad actually yeah that was a take, and as you know, our takes are excrement. <laughs> uh, but over here at Wet Hot American Summer, we're just sort of like, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's subversive. It it's uh, uh, you know, it's it's challenging the yeah. the the cruel, hateful comedy. Yeah, get them. Get them. Well, and like I don't know, I've been watching a lot of comedy lately, and I'm realizing that comedy primarily is just criticism. Yeah. It's just criticism. Well, it's criticism and an easy pill to swallow. Right. Well, and so that, that I think, explains also why we don't quite have so much to, to tell you about it beyond that it's really great and it's wholesome because that exact right. reason. Like, uh, it's just comedy is criticism. If this is a comedy podcast, then we do best when we're criticizing things, right? That's when it's funniest. But I can't think of a way to praise this movie that's going to make everybody pee their pants. But I can think of a million ways to say something sucks that will make somebody pee their pants. And I think that dichotomy is almost exactly the problem. Yeah. It's just like everything is so desperate, right, to get these intense laughs and I, I i don't know i've always kind of been a firm believer that wet hot american summer is one of those movies that stands kind of um <clears throat> independent from a lot of the other stuff that came out around the same time i mean 2001 right i mean enough said it's 2001 <laughs> something happened then. <laughs> um well and so uh more importantly than 9-11 two things happened on 9-11 um one, they were making a Kevin Smith movie, <laughs> uh, and it did come out after 9-11, I believe. I believe, it, I believe it was Jay and Silent Bob Street. Uh. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, and then alternatively, uh, this came out, but even alternatively, err, on... 9-11, they were shooting the Turtle Club scene in Master of Disguise. Have you seen Master of Disguise? Nope. Really? Yeah. Have I not made you 
Oh. No. My uh, <laughs> one of my friends like really really likes it. One of really? My friends in high school. It was his oh like favorite god. movie. Oh my god. Well, that's deeply troubling. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, no, it's the worst comedy of uh, all ever. Uh, but the important thing to note with it is that on 9/11 they were shooting a scene where Dana Carvey, the lead, was dressed as a turtle man in a turtle costume. They received news while shooting the scene. They had to take a break, cry about 9-11. And then he, while the dressed as the turtle guy, had to be like, guys, I think we really need to make America laugh right now. You know what I mean? I think right now we're needed more than ever. And then he went in and made that shit. Now, that's supposedly the, the story, and I like that story. I like that story more than whatever is true. <laughs> but I know for a fact that in my heart of hearts, that's what happened. So... That is inherently bizarre that Kevin Smith is making dick comedies that with, with the worst morals. Um, fucking Dana Carvey, Adam Sandler, just like, I don't even know what the fuck they were doing there. We got to figure that one out. <laughs> I feel like that one might be a, hey. <laughs> uh, perhaps. Why don't you crack this one open? Yeah, well, like... I, I, well, I think that's also something like, you know, the, the, the morality of what like dick comedies encourages is also, you know, something that, that it's that, not super that, great. It's not great. Well, it's something that wet hot American summer like comments on where it's, I think it's deeply unhealthy that, that all of these, you know, 20 to 30 year old comedians are writing movies about how, how teenagers should behave and encouraging this, like just absolutely kind of like. Right. Well, Unhealthy we're watching, and inappropriate behavior. We're watching like yeah, we're super, super bad. Super bad, right? And it's like exactly that where they're like, dude, she's drunk. You can go fuck her. And of course they don't, but. Well, yeah, but it's just like, well, it's just like. It's they sure like, try. It's like, go, go fucking like, like, you know, you know, it's like, it's like house parties all the time, sex all the time. Like, like that's the high school experience, yo. Well, first off, it's not. It's not the high school experience. It's not what high school's like. No, it, like, it's. Especially it's, American high school. It's no house parties. Yeah, you know, and and so it's like you know, I I don't have the best frame of reference on on like on how American high school works, but also it's like you know, it's like me and all my friends, even the ones that were like dating people and stuff, we we're all so just fucking gangly and awkward, like all of high school. Yeah, and it's like you know, in, in this this expectation where you're making movies for like loner stoner dudes, like. You know, um, like all of uh, all of Kevin Smith's movies and all of, like the um, super bad and stuff, mm-hmm. where it's like ultimately when you boil it down, they're all really incelly. Yeah, and well, so they're, they're and all so, like about how girl doesn't want to have sex with me, but what if I trick her? What if I get her drunk? What if I do this? What if I do that? What if I like girl would never sleep with me under nor- normal circumstances, but what if I tricked her? Right, and so it's like. It's like, I don't know, maybe, like, let kids explore their own, like, sexuality and coming of age without you trying to convince them to be fucking incels. There's this moment in um, the Richard Linklater masterpiece? I don't know. I don't like that word. And I also don't know if I like the movie. (laughs) Um, But the movie's called Boyhood. Uh, And so the bit with Boyhood is that it takes place as a boy grows up in Texas over the course of, like, the whole movie. 
uh, in mm-hmm. real time. Like the actual actor grows up on screen huh. uh, for like something like 16 years. So you watch him go from little boy to adult, and it's the same guy the whole time. Right. Uh, and ooh boy, isn't that cool? I've seen Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but there's a scene in it where he goes and hangs out with some guy friends, and the guy friends are like, yeah, you pounded any pussy yet? You got to pound some pussy, bud. And he's just like, I don't know if pounding pussy's really for me, guys. And, and like, that move that moment we need more of that more more of i don't know if pound and pussy's really for me guys and maybe less of like the yeah she's drunk let's get her yeah well in in uh and just a lot of the bits in wet hot american summer are like look how dumb this like societal trope is like yeah. it's like movies trying to encourage teenagers to and dangerous yeah like live out these like dangerous delusions of some like weird hollywood sex creep yeah who has way too much money and way too much power yeah but so like i think i think it's interesting that we watched this at the same time as we were watching all the kevin stuff and now we're watching super bad and all this waiting um all this and then we did the the evening with kevin smith like listening to those because like in that he very literally talks about like the comedy mentality in America, which is as follows. I was mistreated for being different when I was a kid. So I grew up to make movies about how being different like me is actually awesome and everyone should want to fuck me. Yeah. And so in their brain, it's poetic justice. But also there's this level of self-deprecation in there where it's like not only... Uh, am I going to trick this girl into having sex with me? But she would never have sex with me under normal circumstances. And it's just like, well, if she would never have sex with you under normal circumstances, perhaps stop pursuing her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. And, and also it's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to come across as, as anti-sex or like, you know, as a prude or anything. Yes, but sure. at, at the same time, it's like, I, it's, it's just, I think that it's important for people to figure this shit out on their own. And in in in, yeah. in a healthy way, and I know to some degree a lot of a lot of my expectations came from came from adults who were in their twenty late twenties and early thirties trying to explain to fourteen year old me what what my sexuality should be like and how right. I should pursue that, and it's that just was so fucking unhealthy for me growing up. Yeah, you know well, and- that. And, you, you know, it's it's no different here. I mean, growing up in America, it's like you get abstinence-only sex education, so they don't tell you how to have sex. They just tell you that it exists, and you should not do it, or you'll die. Yeah, and then you have all these comedy movies trying to, like... Educate you. But, I mean, that's the thing. Where are you getting your education in America? You're going to get your education from Kevin Smith. He's going to tell you about sex, because your parents are fucking worthless. Like, not yours. Yeah. But... Parents, in general, especially in America, American parents are fucking worthless. If they would just sit down and have a genuine conversation about the ramifications of being alive with their child, they could probably prevent a whole lot of problems. A whole lot. But instead, we don't have that. Um, We do not have that. Instead, our sex education comes from Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, Sunday School, and Superbad. Yeah, it comes from like shitty dick comedies, and that's how boys learn about sex. They don't learn about sex through the way that women talk about it. 
They learn about it through the way that the shittiest dudes amongst us with the biggest megaphone talk about it. Yeah. And so we wonder why things like, I the, here comes 2015's favorite phrase, toxic masculinity. That's why that uh, perpetuates itself, right? Because that is literally toxic. That's the, that's the thing. It's the toxic yeah. part. Um, and it's perpetuated because parents don't have their shit together and won't tell kids what the reality of sex is. The education system in school is constantly telling you uh, that it exists, that it's awesome, and that you shouldn't do it or you'll die. And of course, kids love to die. Have you met kids? Yeah. Um, <laughs> kids don't want to be born into this shit. So they're like, sex sounds awesome. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of like drugs. When they told me not to do drugs, I went, now I really want some. <laughs> uh, and, and like, you can't really educate people through that framework and i think that it's hideously irresponsible that that's the way things have gone but i don't necessarily know how to assign blame for that right because i can't say well kevin smith clearly shouldn't have had a fucking career or else yeah. you know all these people were gonna go off to become rapists and you know maybe that's true maybe kevin set sail on a few rapes well, justified I... a couple and some people did them maybe but also, I, I, I don't, well, I don't think that you can, you can necessarily like blame Kevin Smith for, for the incel problem, but I do think you can, you can see how incels can view his movies and, yeah. and, and use that as fuel for their, right. their like vapid hatred. He didn't cause incels, but he did give them one of their possible answers to how to deal with being an incel, which like, is to just trick people into having sex with you and shit like that or or just be to be hateful little curmudgeons that that are you know it's fucking right. sex pests well and in, in, in all these movies they demonstrate that the person that's the biggest asshole the person the, that's the biggest asshole the most insecure the most unattractive the most doesn't take care of themselves that's the director yeah surrogate in the movie every time and with that, they try to educate kids that um, this. not only do I understand that you're like this, but it's good to be like this, and it's their fault. Mm -hmm. And that's the hatred thing. Where it's like, you know, Kevin Smith talks deeply about being bullied for like a really long time in his like evening with. And like, I believe it. I was bullied too, but like, I don't know. I'm trying to make the world a better place and not a more justifiable place for my existence, right? right. Like, I genuinely want the world to, to be better for everyone, and I think Kevin, more along the lines, is like, I want to make my perspective immortal. Well, and he also wants to, like, justify his perspective. Yeah, too. justify his perspective and, and immortalize it. Right, well, and it's like... I wrote the... a book. I know all about immortalizing pain. Um, it's like in, in waiting, you know, the whole bit of like Ryan, Ryan Reynolds character being a fucking pedophile. Yeah. Um, you know, where it's like, you know, the, the movie never really like at the end of the movie, he, he, he ends up not having sex with a child, but that's like, it's like, that's not a good thing. That's like the bare fucking minimum, you yeah. know, but it, it's, it, it, it never once is like, is like, Hey, like don't do this. This is like really fucked up where it has one scene where he's like, mm, 
you know, maybe we should, you know, you know, maybe let's wait till 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 you're eighteen. Which that in and of itself is like kind of you know just fucky wucky because he's grooming her to to have, to have sex, but right. But like he's still taking away her like ability to control the situation. Yeah, but it's like you know, it's just there's. I I I had to go use the point and I lost it, but um. No, I mean, I love that they wrote the scene so that the girl was the one who wanted to have sex real damn bad, and she was 17, and it wasn't Ryan Reynolds. Officer, to have sex real she damn just bad. wanted to have sex so bad, I couldn't, like, I. what am I going to do, say no? Well, yeah, and I mean, this, the shitty thing is, even when Hollywood is trying to make a good take with a comedy, yeah, just about every time... They do the good one, and then five bad ones come out too. Well, well, but in, in, in like in that case, it's it's they have the one good take, but they spent the entire movie having like the most charismatic actor in the movie defending and arguing and just being like a shit heel libertarian and like About being like, well, actually, it's child. it's it's me having sex with a child makes me morally superior to people who follow the law. Yeah, and it's like, why can do that, y'all? Why are you gonna why are you gonna put that in a movie? Like you can have it's like you can have his character be a sex pest without like even going to, to getting to his idea of pedophile. I mean, line. I I like and admire a movie that's willing to be like, what is your ideology? Let's face your ideology directly. I like that. But I don't like it when the situation that's dramatized is one where we're not actually analyzing the, the, the reality of the situation. We've painted a really nice scenario so that we can talk about this in a way where no one gets hurt. Yeah. And it's like, eh, I think people are still getting hurt. I mean, I don't think we can say, well, and it's just like, you know, everybody's always got the things where they're like, oh, jokes aren't, they don't mean that much. You know, it's not that important. But the same people who are frequently bullied by jokes, you know, why are they not the people that are like, hey, jokes are cruel sometimes. We should tell non-cruel jokes. Well, and it's also like like jokes. Jokes is, is uh, it, it, like like when joking about something becomes just like acceptable, it's it, it puts that on the path of just being societally acceptable, right? Right. Where there's some things you can't joke about, and it's because, you know. You Trans know, people existing and being happy. Right. Well, and it's like, but, but once you start joking about, about, about these things these like really fucked up things then you're 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 opening up the the door to to now (laughs) now the unacceptable thing is like is like the thing past the joke and then you push the envelope more then you push the envelope more you know so it's like it's like damn i think there's some things we probably just can't really joke about i'm not gonna i'm not trying to like cancel anyone i'm not trying i'm not like going after anyone it's just i think it's like well, irresponsible to joke about certain things well, and and i want to end off on this because i think this is the best take about about cancel culture or whatever you can have um it's not about the people it's about the attitudes yeah and and so andrew dice clay do you know who andrew dice clay is neil nope so Andrew Dice Clay was a stand-up comedian in the 90s. He's still with us, but I don't know why I'm talking about him like he's dead. He should be. But he uh, would stand up on stage and he'd be like, I'm going to, I, I want to get a blowjob from a feminist right now. Fuck women. Like, and that was his whole bit. He'd mm-hmm. just get up on stage. He was like a New Yorker type. He'd get up there, fuck women. Women that suck. They are, and they are so offended. You've heard this bit before. Yeah. It's literally every internet, like YouTube right wing assholes 
joke, their yeah. bit. And they learned it from watching him. And if they didn't learn it from watching him, they learned it from someone who did. Mm-hmm. Because Andrew Dice Clay was a big fucking deal. A right. big fucking deal. But you know what's weird, Neo, is when I mentioned his name, you didn't know who I was talking about. What happened? Cancel culture, right? So if he is the most popular comedian and he's just an offensive shitbag and everything he says is wrong and no one canceled him. No one came out and was like, Andrew Dice Clay's bad. Stop giving him gigs. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew. Everybody knew and was fine with it. It's like South Park. Everybody right. knew. They were fine with it. They were fine with it. So Andrew Dice Clay, popular comedian, touring around, making all these jokes, disappears, gone, poof. No one gives a shit anymore. What happened? The march of time. Mm-hmm. The march of time is the reality. Right. And this is why this is why I say this is the best take on cancel culture. The march of time, because. If you go listen to Andrew Dice Clay's performances, they're the most cringy, unfunny thing you've ever heard. And that's pretty universal because it's everything that right now we're okay with. Like gay marriage, you know, women having rights, things like that. Things that we have all come to accept as good things in society. Andrew Dice Clay was fighting those when they were an issue. Mm -hmm. So... He was like the comedian Ben Shapiro of his time, right? right? And, and every, all the triggered feminists who were the women who were like, hey, why do you go up on stage and just literally tell people to hurt women? That's wrong. Um, and like those people were never listened to, those women. And, but, but neither was Andrew Dice Clay. And that's the funny part. Mm-hmm. He just fell out of favor. He simply fell out of favor. He was Mm -hmm. no longer funny. And so my main point here, to bring it all back around, the things that are universally funny are not the things that are topically mean and aggressive. The things that are funny are things that are universal to the human experience. And if you're really engaging with the universality of the human experience, your shit's going to be around. Like People are going to want to engage with it. But if you're Andrew Dice Clay... You come out, say a bunch of offensive stuff, and then you intentionally disappear to get away from the consequences. That's that's what happened, right? right? He intentionally stopped to to protect the money he'd made off of everyone. Right. And so, next time somebody's offending you and triggering the libs, remember that they're. They're, they're making a big buck in there. And in a, a couple of years, you're not even going to know their fucking name. You're not even going to remember them. They're a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is, that's that's like, that's grifting, right? Speaking of a dime a dozen grifters, fucking uh, Jordan Peterson video. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like a dead man walking. Good God. Yes, Lord. <laughs> But, but like, yeah, I mean, the same thing, though. I mean, look at Jordan Peterson. He fucking fell apart. He didn't want to lead these chuds because, like, you know, every one of these guys comes out and is like, yeah, I want to be the leader for men who whatever. And then they meet these men and they go, I don't want to fucking lead these there men. These men are fucking pathetic. Hey, you got any pills? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got some, you got some oxys. 
And it's like drugs are cool, but you don't have to steal them from incels. So, <laughs> uh, and with that, I think we can call that a podcast if you want to call that a podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, this was the introductory to season three. I think what we're more going to be doing in this season is talking about the relationship between art and American culture. Yeah. And how they kind of incidentally marry each other, even when there's like mass rejection. For instance, Batman versus Superman was very well hated. Yeah. But it's it's still kind of kind of in the cosmos there. It's still in there. Martha. For some people, some Martha. people really, yeah, and you know, but one day maybe not. But, uh, but like, some things just get subsumed into American culture, whether you like it or not. Yeah, and I think our job this season is to analyze all the ways that American culture has absorbed shit that we do or do not want. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, uh, we're 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 gonna work on picking movies that we can. That, that have really more, come out. have more meat to yeah. rip off the bone. Mm-hmm. For sure. But Master of Disguise, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's been this episode. We'll we'll see y'all next week. Your spank is excrement. Uh, oh, I don't I don't like that. You don't like one. you don't like your spank is excrement? Why not? I don't know. That Don't spank it. I I, poop. I don't know where to go from this. I don't either. Me neither. This was that was that was me nuclear bombing the podcast. Yeah, well, I, I won. You know, with, I'm like, uh, what's that Russian? Putin. Oh, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> hey, we're moving now, so yeah, we're we gonna are. go, and it might be a little while, but hopefully soon. Hopefully, hopefully next Wednesday you'll have a podcast, but we'll see. I'm pretty sure. We're we're gonna try our damnedest. We sure are. All right. <laughs> Bye now. Bye. Patreon.com slash extra men.